Welcome to If Life Were Perfect. I'm Josh Meyer, and with me always is my wife, Laura. Hey, guys. So today we're going to be talking about starting a business, and this is something I love to talk about. So if you're thinking about it, you're in the right spot because we're going to give you tons of motivation, tons of ideas, and you know, really the things to think about if you're going to start a business. Now, we have people all the time who are coming to us who want to start a business for different reasons. Either they think they have a great idea for a product or service, maybe they're an employee and they're like, you know what, I need a change. This isn't the way I want to do things. So they want to have more control. They want to have more flexibility in their life or they want to make more money. There's a lot of different reasons why you may be thinking of starting a business. And so we want to give you some ideas of how to get to kind of the place that we're at right now, where we really have a business that supports not only us financially, but kind of the life goals that we have. And we want to give you some of the lessons that we've learned along the way, because it wasn't always this way from the start. So Josh and I have shared with you before on some of the episodes, how we left big law firm life behind to start our own law practice. And, you know, I can tell you when that happened, I was the first one to start the business not saying that to take credit. I'm just telling you chronologically. Yeah, no, she's the president in the firm and at home. So that's, <laughs> that's fine. But when I left my big law firm job to start the business, I had kind of thought, you know, I'm just going to work out of my house. So I'm not going to have to spend a lot of money on, you know, getting an office and I'm going to make money right away because, you know, people will want to use me, especially if I'm cheaper than what they would have had to pay at like a big law firm. And I'll go into an area like estate planning where I could just buy some forms and it won't be that difficult to learn. All of a sudden now I'll have a good schedule, whereas before I felt like I was, you know, having to make up reasons to leave work. I'll have my schedule now in complete control so nobody's dictating my hours. Then I'll have more time with my kids and that it will be fairly easy. I actually thought starting a business would be fairly easy because that is how it's sometimes kind of pitched. Like, oh, it's easy. It is not. What I found very quickly is I had no place to meet with clients because I was working out of my house. So that was a huge stressor and obstacle to even getting clients. I was losing money rapidly because not only was I not bringing in money from my big law firm anymore, I was actually having to spend my money to get the business going. I realized I didn't have a great product. You know, I couldn't just hand out boilerplate legal documents that aren't really unique or wouldn't really fully sufficiently protect my clients. And I also realized that people have the best intentions when, you know, you tell them, hey, I'm going to start a business. Oh, yeah, we would use you. We need that. Well, the reality is some people will, but not everyone is going to actually come. And even if all your friends did, that's not a long-term sustainable business. I didn't have a marketing plan to attract new clients. I also realized I had no flexibility. I went from bad flexibility at my, at my big law firm to no flexibility. Why? Because all of a sudden I was the receptionist. I was the lawyer. I was doing copies. I was a witness. <laughs> I was doing all of these things that needed to be done for the business, a bookkeeper, whatever it was. And so that meant I was like very busy trying to get things going, doing all of these different roles. And I think the biggest thing is I had no idea the state of panic and anxiety I would feel 
getting the business off the ground. And it was like a mental nightmare in many ways. Way to paint the rosy picture. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. I, that, that just shows the no. difference in personalities because, uh, you know, when I came over, it was a very different <laughs> mindset. I was excited to start the business. And I think, you know, the thing is we all have different personalities. We all have different ways of getting there. And the great thing is, you know, kind of fast forward to today. We realized very quickly together that how things were going and how we were initially kind of setting up this business, if you can even call it that, that wasn't the right way. So once we kind of changed that mindset, changed our process and structure, now we have something that's very different. We have a great product. People come from all over the state of California to get our product because we offer something that you can't get somewhere else. We have a marketing system in place, so we have a consistent flow of business where you know we don't have to worry about where the next client will come from. Our finances are in order. We have our budget aligned not only for our business, but in our personal life. We have the right infrastructure where we have a consistent product where everybody who comes into our office is going to get the same five-star experience. And we have the best team in the world, people who we love working with and who just are able to take care of our clients in the same way that we would. Really, I think what highlights where we've gotten to today is a few years ago, we were able to go on a trip to Italy for almost two weeks and have a fantastic time and not for one minute have to worry about whether our clients would be taken care of, whether our business would be making money, or when we came back, if everything would have fallen apart. It was doing great. I think that actually it was where I realized we had a sustainable business because it was running completely without us. It was awesome. And so... And so was Italy, yeah, by the it, way. It was. And, and it's, you know, there's certainly still things that we continue to improve on and need to work on and as we grow, but it's something where we've gotten to the point where we felt like we really had a business in place. And so what we want to share with you today is how we can help you, you know, hopefully avoid some of the, the kind of misconceptions that we started out with and really get you on the right path to really thinking about... What do you need to have if you're going to make that leap into starting a business and really whether or not that's something that's going to be best for you? The starting point when you're thinking about whether you want to start a business or not is whether you want to be a business owner. Because a lot of times when people come to us, they talk about starting a business, talking about the actual service or product or task that would be done, but not really focusing on what it means to own a business. Because when you're the business owner, you're typically not going to be doing kind of all of the day-to-day tasks, especially if you want it to be a sustainable business in the long run. Yeah, like initially you might, you know, be doing it. But the whole idea is when you own the business, you are always working on the business and not in the business. One of our favorite shows is Restaurant Impossible. If you haven't seen it, it's basically a show about restaurants that are failing and they bring in this chef, Robert Irvine, who comes in to kind of turn things around. But in it, he always asks them like, why did you want to have a restaurant? And usually their response is like, oh, my mom had a great meat sauce recipe or we were driving by the diner we loved and it was for sale. And he just kind of like shakes his head like, are you kidding me? Because really when you are evaluating whether to start a business, you really need to think about the fact that owning the business is an entirely different hat you wear than working in it. You know, initially you may be doing that But if you're always doing that, if you're always just working in the business, it really probably isn't meeting all of those life goals that you set out to to create when you started the business. You wanted to be able to do better things in your life. You wanted more flexibility. You wanted more control over your time. You wanted to make more money. You wanted to have more meaning. 
And the challenge is if you really don't set up your business as a business and you being a business owner, you're likely not going to get those things. Obviously, starting a business can be extremely time consuming and stressful and it affects all areas of your life. And so I do agree that you really do want to go back to your life or perfect list first and think about beyond just owning a business as something that's on your list. You really want to think about things like what's my time like with my family? What kind of business hours will I have? Who would be on my team? You want to get into those types of things so you can make sure when you start the business, it does support your overall life goals. You wouldn't want to start a business where your goal is to have a lot of time and flexibility with your family, but then the job requires you to travel all over the world. That's probably not going to align with your goals. It could be a very successful business, but it's not going to meet the needs that you set out for. Okay. So once you've decided that you do want to be a business owner and you've looked at, okay, how's this going to fit in your life goals? The next thing that we often want to look at then is how are you going to fund this business? So many times when people come to us, they start with the questions of like, should I get a line of credit? Um, Should I get investors? Should I mortgage my house? Those types of things. But really focus on your own personal budget and really get to know your numbers. Because once you have a sense of control over how much money you have, what you can invest in terms of capital to start up the business, then you'll figure out those kind of ancillary decisions of like, do I need more funding and things like that? But this was us for us personally, like we kind of skipped that step of looking at the budget and really mapping it out financially. So that is where you're going to initially want to spend your focus. And we, we've talked about that too in episode two on budgeting. You can hear our whole story about how it was like a budgeting nightmare initially and um, ways where you could protect yourself from that happening to you. But that is really where you want to be because numbers don't lie. You always want to be looking at your numbers when you start it and throughout your entire business. They're going to tell you the keys and the insights to whether the business is doing well or what areas you can improve upon. We're focusing on starting a business, but as business owners ourselves now that we're several years in, you continue to have to have that super strong relationship with the numbers in your business. I mean, we... To the point where we have clients where they own a company that brings in $50 million a year, right? You would think, oh, they're just like set, which they are in many ways. But when we ask them to list their top three things that they wanted to improve on their business, the top issue they identified was cash flow, meaning making sure enough money is coming in that's going out. And I just thought, wow. That is something that will always continue to be part of your business. And that is why you absolutely do need to have that strong relationship with the numbers and have a budget in place. Once you have your budgeting in place, then we want to talk about your product and, you know, what is going to make your product or service unique from everybody else that's out there? Because the chances are whatever, you know, business or service you're getting into, there's probably going to be competition. And so why are people going to buy what you have um, as opposed to somebody else's? Think about it this way. You know, those, you know, flyers that get, placed in your car after you're getting back from going shopping somewhere. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, you know, they're annoying and stuff. You know, a lot of times you pick them up and just throw them away. But picture this. Okay, so it's you and five other of your competitors are placing your flyers in everybody's car. And what is your flyer going to say on it that is going to make them want to buy your product or service as opposed to your competitors? Yeah, I'm just thinking of these new gummies I take, like the gummy vitamins. And so I was at Costco and everybody knows there's like a sea of gummies at Costco, right? That you could take like multivitamins. But like the selling point for these new gummies was 
Not only was it going to be my multivitamin that I'm taking, but it's all those other random things like the fish oil and the B12 and iron, like all of that. And it's all in one gummy. And so here, obviously, selling multivitamin gummies is a very common thing to do. But these people are successful because they figured out how to make their actual gummies different. So sometimes it can be that your product is different or it can be that the way that you service it is different. You know, think about Amazon. There is a million places that you can go and buy toys, books, clothes, electronics, everything like that. But the reason that Amazon was so successful is that they didn't try to compete on having different products. They wanted to have a better and faster way to deliver it to you. And so they started out with two-day delivery. Now they have, I think, like five-minute delivery. I think you just push a button and it shows <laughs> I think the up. the Amazon guy just like is parked out by your house, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw that. I mean, I think they're using drones now. I mean, they're just, you know, so technology forward and advanced that they're just trying to completely differentiate themselves from the competitors. So everybody's playing catch up. In our business, that's what we wanted to do too. The same thing where we wanted to offer something that was very unique and specialized that other people, you, wouldn't, you couldn't get somewhere else. And so we have unique special little packages where we do mini plans for kids or we do special needs trust or asset protection. These are very niche and unique areas that you really can't get at a lot of places. And so it makes it a clear distinguisher um, from everybody else. And I mean, in fact, it makes it so our competitors even refer us business because they don't do it. Well, and then too, our service is so unique because, you know, we're not just giving out boilerplate legal documents, right? We're providing a lifetime service that customers, when they're looking around, they'll say, well, I'd rather have the ongoing relationship with my lawyer who I can turn to rather than just looking at some type of like outdated legal documents. Our service is so unique because we are doing it way different than most traditional law firms. Our clients can call us. They can email us. They can contact us anytime. We don't bill by the hour. Everything we do is on a flat fee. We have a relationship with our clients. It's not a one-stop transaction. Our clients are going to turn to us through many different life events. So we really have that relationship. We want them to feel like they have an attorney in the family. And that's the relationship that we have. So just make sure that when you are really thinking about what you're going to provide through your business, that you are asking yourself, is my product unique or is my service unique? And if you could nail both of those down, you'll probably have a very successful business. The next thing that we want to look at is how are you going to get clients? Because, you know, you can have the best product and service in the world, the greatest unique selling proposition that there is out there. But if nobody knows about you or where to get you, it's not going to do any good. Last year, we took a trip up to Seattle um, with some friends. And I remember we were coming out of like Pike's Place and I heard the most amazing voice I've ever heard. I think you called it angelic. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like the world has ended and there's an angel outside. So I went in to find out who was singing and it was just some random guy who was like in his 40s in like the back of the building. And to me, that's the prime example of someone who has the most amazing product in the world, but no marketing and no way to monetize his gift. You you have to get the word out. And what we find a lot of times is that when people talk to us, they're like, well, you know, we'll tell our friends and families or, hey, you know, I'll have some referral partners. And those are great sources. But the reality is, though, if you only are using one source for for marketing, what happens if that dries up? We talk about this so much in our team meetings because we get a lot of clients through a certain online review platform. It's very exciting. It almost feels like free money, right? People coming through this channel But we know we can't just sit back and only rely on that. Why? We don't have any control over that service. 
And so that's why it is critical that we do diversify. And that's why we have several different ways of attracting clients, because that way, if one month you're a little low in one area, you're higher in another. And if you do that, you're also increasing your profit and outreach because you're not just limited to one source. You're bringing clients in from many different ways. Yeah. And so you're going to want to have multiple channels um, to market your business. And if you're struggling with figuring out, okay, well, what are those different ideas or how should I do this? You know, one of the best things that we found is collaborating with other business owners. You know, people in your own field and your direct competition probably isn't going to share all of their best ideas with you. But people in other fields, when you're in a mastermind group, they're really open to sharing ideas and getting creative and trying out different things. And that's where you can get some of the best ideas. And then candidly, that's where you can get some great direct referrals as well by developing those relationships. So it's a double win. Um, so we definitely recommend you know, collaborating with other people to see what they're doing so you can use their unique ideas in your business as well. All right. So the next thing we want to talk about is your business infrastructure and why that is so critical and important. And at the law firm, this is something that, you know, I really focus on all day long. Okay. Just hearing you say the words like infrastructure makes me bored to death. And that's why we have a marketing department that you're in. And (laughs) I do the infrastructure. But it really is really important that you have systems and checklists and processes in place to make sure that first, Every single client who comes into your door is going to have the same five-star experience. We want a consistent result across the board. The other reason that we need to have these systems and processes in place is so that as you as the owner can step out of the business and it can work and run without you because everybody is trained and has the same script, the same processes and the same techniques that they can follow even if you're not there. Yeah, I think that's why, you know, franchises, they say, are typically successful as opposed to small businesses that normally fail. And the reason for that is not because like, you know, a franchise necessarily has the best hamburger. They usually don't. But it's because everybody's trained, right? But their nuggets are good. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But. (laughs) Or the Uh, McRib. Yes. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're not. That's you're a grown man. You can eat what you want. But please don't eat that. Um, If you go in there, everybody's wearing the same uniform. Everybody greets you the same way. They have all their own internal checklists, right? So most people who go in any franchise are going to have the same consistent experience. And then contrast that with a lot of small businesses. You know, it's not necessarily because the small businesses don't have a good product. A lot of times they have, in my opinion, better products, right? Than some of the chain type places or mass produced places. It's just that they don't have that internal infrastructure. So you might get greeted a different way. You might not get your product as quickly as another place because it's just not systematized. And really now with all of the online reviews, you know, you go to Amazon, how many of us won't even buy a product because it only has three stars? Or how many of us won't use a service because we go online and they've had bad reviews? Having that consistent client experience is essential to the survival now of most companies. And really the only way to ensure that is by having that infrastructure in place to ensure that everyone is going through the set same consistent experience. That's also the only way that you're going to be able to step out of the business because it can't be you needing to be the one who does everything, who's micromanaging everything. We've gone on trips before with friends and you know, instead of being able to just walk away from the business, they're having to constantly check in on it and just make sure that it is running. And they're so afraid that when they come back, it's the, you know, the house is going to be on fire. Yeah. Or they're working on their vacation because nobody else can do it. 
because those systems just aren't in place. By creating those systems and processes to attract clients, to engage clients, and to serve clients, when you have all of that stuff in place, you know, your business really runs like clockwork and you make sure everybody has that same fantastic experience. Okay, so the next thing that we want to look at is who else do you need to have on your team to really have a business? The backbone of every single business are the team members. Yeah, I know when I was starting out, you know, it was just me at the kitchen table and I was the one who had to answer the phone, right, and make copies and whatever else had to be done and perform the work and manage the books, all of those things. And so it wasn't really realistic for me overnight just to go build a whole team. I couldn't financially do that. So for me, it was a process building my team. But one of the things that has always helped us as we've expanded and built our team is beyond thinking about who you need from a task standpoint, or if they're competent, or if they're fun to, you know, go out with on the weekend, is I think why we have done well with our team is we always ask, can this team member perform their job as though they own the company? Because When you have people like that on your team, you really can step away and you don't even have to manage them. They are already so driven and so dedicated that they will run things for you and you don't even have to worry about it. People ask us, you know, how are you able to have such a successful business? The answer that we always have is, you know, we have such amazing, wonderful people that work with us who are so invested in us and we're invested in them. We have a saying at our firm that we're all in the boat. You know, this really is a team effort and that's what makes our business succeed and do as well as it does. Every person on our team performs their job with excellence. They are just the best at that role. And every person on our team has such an internal strong work ethic where we don't have to manage them. In fact, I mean, sometimes they're telling us what to do, but they take that initiative And they do treat this company as their own. And that is the reason I believe we have been so successful. 100%. Now they're going to hear that and everybody's going to want raises, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think the final key to starting a business, if you're contemplating that, is to really think this final question through. Because to me, this is probably the most important. And that question is, Do you have the grit to make your business work? Josh and I, as you know, have different personalities. And that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. I love you. You know, oh my gosh. Okay. So I will tell you when we started the business, it was hard. We hit several setbacks. I had little kids. I wanted to feed them. I wanted to be able to pay the mortgage. I wanted to succeed. There was so much pressure. And there came a point where I felt like the business just wasn't getting off the ground the way I needed it to. And people were always contacting us to work for them, thankfully. And so somebody had contacted us with this really posh job. They would take either one of us, by the way. They're like, we don't care which one it is. Like, we'll take either one of you to go in-house for a company and kind of, you know, perform all of the things that we were trying to do through our own business. I was very tempted to say yes. I missed the steadiness of the paychecks and all of those things. And I went to Josh and I think I even pleaded with him to please take the job. We had such an honest exchange in that moment. And I just remember you, Josh, 
looking at me and telling me to just give you six months because you knew we had everything in place now to make our business succeed. And if I would just give it a little bit more time, you promised me that in six months, we would have the business that we set out to have. And you were right. You had that grit. And, um, you know, I have grit. I have follow through. I, everyone here calls me the pusher. I mean, they told me the other day I was Miranda from the Devil Wears Prada. They were kidding. But like, you know, I push things forward. It's not that I don't have grit in my life. But what I didn't have was grit to see the business succeed and to follow through when we hit those obstacles. I don't want to get into a monologue here, but, you know, another thing that. Well, yeah, before you go there, I just want to like, I'm glad that it's on record that I was right. It's probably the first time and maybe the last time Holy in, in our marriage that I'm going to be right. But oh this was a big one. So I'll oh take my it. Gosh. I, oh, boy. OK. I hope there's like diamonds or something waiting for me at home after this. I was re-watching with the kids um, the movie A League of Their Own. And so for those of you who have seen it, it's the movie about like the women who play baseball and Tom Hanks is their coach. And at the end, there's this kind of pivotal famous scene where Gina Davis wants to quit the team. And um, Tom Hanks is telling her like, why are you quitting? And she says, it just got too hard. And he turns to her in that scene and he says, of course it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. The hard is what makes it great. That to me sums up starting a business. Yeah, because you're going to have ups and downs. I mean, you can have all the systems and process and budget and cross every T and dot every I and have everything there, but there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be hard times that are coming ahead, but it's, it's getting through that and overcoming those that makes your business great and that is going to make you successful. You can either have the grit yourself, learn the grit, or bring somebody on with you to be that, you know, that voice. But it really is something that you're going to need because in those hard times, you're going to need something to drive you forward. So we hope all of this has been helpful for you. You know, if you were to come to us right now and say, hey, should I start a business? We want to be able to tell you yes or no, but hopefully we've given you things to think about. And we want you to know if you are thinking about starting a business, count us in will be your support system too. We're behind you. We're here to help you along the way. And we know that if you do really think these questions through and you come to the conclusion that you do want to start a business and you've contemplated this, I do believe your business will be very successful. Okay, so for today's quick step, we want you to think about your unique selling proposition. What is gonna make your product or service better, unique, or different than everybody else that's on the market. Look at all of the competitors out there, the different services and products that are in your area, see what they're doing, and think about how are you gonna make your product better, different, or unique, so it's gonna stand out. So when somebody's comparing you versus somebody else, why are they gonna buy your product instead of somebody else's? And if you wanna get this quick step or all of our quick steps in your inbox so you don't need to jot this down, all you have to do is go to ifliferperfect.com and you could sign up to get our quick steps weekly as they're released right into your inbox. All right, next up is our mailbag segment where we're gonna be answering questions from our listeners. And if you have a question, you can submit it at ifliferperfect.com or you can follow us on Instagram and submit your messages through there at Meet the Myers. Our first question today is from our listener, Shauna. Shauna writes, I've talked with people about your podcast and advice. 
A few of them and me too are stumped about what to put on our if life were perfect list. Does that mean we have what we want or we are unfocused or some combination of both? Several question marks. And a related question is how to handle a list that differs from your spouse's list. So those are really great questions and I'm super glad that you asked that. So when it comes to your life or perfect list um, and what to put on there, obviously all of ours are gonna be different because we're all in different places and we all have different goals. One of the best starting points when you are making your list is you actually do wanna start with all of the things that are working for you that you would want to keep. Meaning maybe you would wanna keep where you're living or you would keep your job or your relationships or you like your lifestyle or you like your faith, whatever it is, but start with writing down what's actually working for you that you would not want to lose. You could look at that and think, is there anything beyond this that I would like to accomplish or that I feel like I'm called to do? So maybe you want to get promoted in your career. That would be a good thing to write down. Or maybe if life were perfect, you would start a business or you'd have a baby um, or you'd make like your marriage better. Write all of those goals down because if that's something you would want, if life were perfect, that should be on your list. For us, you know, a lot of times we're dealing with people who are at the end of their life. And so they're reflecting back on what their life looked like. And so for you, you know, think back, you know, if this was it, is there anything that you would do different? Or is there something else that you, you would want to be remembered for? Because if so, that's the stuff that you want to put on your list to make sure you can be remembered for that when the time comes. The next thing you asked about was, what if you're not on the same page with your spouse? And we've all been there, right? Um, I am there in this <laughs> podcast recording, but go ahead. All right. The starting point for each of you is to make your own list. Because, you know, if you're not able to identify what you want, um, then how can your partner even reach, you know, help you reach that goal with you or even identify whether you're on the same page or not? I think that's funny that you say that because I feel like sometimes if I'm upset about something and then you're like, well, what would make this perfect? I can't even answer that. And so it is important to have that kind of self-reflection first without your spouse being worried what they're going to say or respond. You can kind of do it privately by yourself initially. Yeah. You know, once you guys each have your list, then go look at them. And then for each of you, you really want to prioritize, you know, what is most important for each of you. And then you compromise. I mean, it's just like anything else. You know, you look at what's most important, compromise, and, you know, the wife wins. And so <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> um, in most relationships, you know, you really want to make the other person happy. And so you guys are going to be able to find, you know, a good common ground to be able to meet, you know, most of your guys' goals. Yeah. And don't forget, I mean, I think all of us have either been there or we will be there when we're in relationships is... If you can't truly come to an agreement or get on the same page, or if this isn't even a pleasant topic, like bring in a third party, go talk with a therapist, someone who is trained to help you get on the same page. So you guys can both really become who you're meant to be while still being in that relationship. All right. Our next question is from Sarah. Sarah writes, I am a physician, but have been primarily at home taking care of my three girls who are now teens. I need to go back to work for financial reasons, and I'm not sure whether to get a job or start my own practice. My biggest concern with starting a business is failing and losing my home and my assets. Is there a way I can protect my home and assets? I mean, these are really great questions because, I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, we do want to prepare for the fact that, you know, the business might not work out the way that you want to. And you want to make sure that if it does, that doesn't work out how you want, that you don't risk everything that you have. The first starting point that I'd look at is, you know, making sure that you set up a budget because you certainly never want to risk more 
um, than you're willing to lose. And so if you do that, um, you're kind of limiting your exposure. And so making sure even if this business doesn't work out, you still have the right resources to fall back on um, and regroup and, and do something else. The second thing that you really want to look at is making sure that you do have the right legal um, protections in place to make sure if something does go wrong, that your personal assets are um, protected. And this is something that we do at the firm all the time when people are setting up their business, making sure that it's set up properly so it runs smoothly. And then also if something goes wrong, that all of their personal assets are protected. So there are a lot of great things that you can do and you really want to meet with an attorney when you are setting up your business to make sure that you have all of that stuff in place. After you kind of go through that analysis, then, you know, Sarah will be able to really decide like whether starting her own business versus getting a job is going to be best for her. On next week's episode of If Life Were Perfect, we'll be talking about the legal and financial protections every person needs, something that we know a little bit about. Things like, do you need a will? Do you need life insurance? And how can you make sure that the people you love would be taken care of if anything should happen to you? So we'll be filling you in on all of those things so you can have total protection and peace of mind. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcast and leave us a review. We love to hear your comments and you know, share it with your friends um, so that they can get all of this great advice as well. That does it for this week. We hope that you guys have a fantastic week ahead and look forward to talking to you soon.